Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for February 21, 2024. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining us on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be. Is I am always joined by the Chi-Town Smark himself, Mr. Jesse. What is going on, brother? What's going on, bro? How you feel today, man? I feel great, man. You want to know why I feel great? Number one, I thought tonight's show was decent. Number two, shout out to my guy, Will Ospreay. Did you see that video package that he posted on social media today, man? Did you guys go to Will Ospreay's social media? And if you did, man, oh, man, was that a familiar voice in the beginning of that clip? Now, who's that guy over there, man? It seemed like the video was only good because of the voice you heard at the very beginning. Wow, man. You know, uh, shout out to Will Ospreay, man. The guy's going to be a world champion by the end of the year. Mark my words. Probably. 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 Love it. Go check that out, man. Seriously, go check it out on his social media. And then, uh, obviously, you guys know what to do. Let them know who's in the intro to that video package, man. And, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Tiger Style Pro, who did that video package, that hype package, man. He had the music on point. The clips were on point. The vibe was on point. People are already asking AEW to bring him on in to, to do their video packages, Hey, man, listen, the more video packages, the more vignettes, the better. What uh, me and Jesse been saying, right? Yeah. I mean, me, you, and and and, and O'Shea Jr. O'Shea. Man, oh, man. Yeah. We got uh, O'Shea in the discussion last night on TNT, man. He was on point. He was on point. He's always been on point. I've been I've been following him for the longest of times in, in his wrestling takes. Um, I don't know what you guys discussed last night. I didn't see it, but... Um, I do know he um, was primarily a WWE guy, and he is slowly opening his doors to AEW, and he's being very receptive and open about it, and I can appreciate that. Well, it comes with the territory when you're open, honest, and forthright about uh, things that don't make sense. Uh, you will get uh, the people over on the AEW side who don't shower for five days Claiming that they are not real wrestling fans or real AEW fans, or maybe you should stick watching sports entertainment. We don't want your kind over here where real pro wrestling dwells. I'm sorry, bro. Go take a fucking shower, man. I'll go buy you some Irish Spring, man. It's on sale at Stop and Shop now. uh, Two for five. 
Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with two wrestling fans sitting down and say, "Hey, I'm an AEW mark." You're like, "I'm a WWE mark." Okay, well, your wrestling's stupid, and mine's better than yours. Uh-uh, yours is stupid. How about really? What do you like about AEW? Oh, what do you like about WWE? Well, I don't like that about AEW. Do you think they could do better with that? They could do better with, and the dialogue begins, bro. I mean, we we talk about each company getting better, not trying to put another one down. Oh, how, how don't you know who that guy is? He's a he's a sixteen time Japanese strong style international I champion. I don't know that. Go Google it. The fuck dude, you if I gotta go about? do something to find out what's going on in your show, but I'm, I'm gonna, gonna watch another show. I'm gonna show. make it a shirt. Go Google it. Yeah, exactly, man. You man. Sound Rex, get, get on that, bro. Homework. Get on it, man. Go Google it. Let's put it on uh, Bonfire. <laughs> Stupid people, man. Tell me your story. What movie do you watch where they try explaining the plot and then they leave and they just go on to the next segment and they tell you to Google the rest of the plot. Like, oh, oh man. Oh God, man. It reminds me, it reminds me, man. I sound like dice when I do it. Go Google it. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, man. Google these nuts, you fucking virgin. Holy shit. Billy! Billy oh, Bob! Oh my goodness, man. We're starting off. Wow. Listen, man, I appreciate Billy seven days out of the week, man. I appreciate him most on Wednesdays because AEW's fucking uh, colder than the, the weather right now in Chicago. Thank you so much, Billy. $100 Super Chat. He says, hey, JD and Jesse, you guys rock every week. I celebrated my birthday over the weekend, turned 47, and marks 20 years since I've been back from my tour from Iraq, serving my country, and I'm still alive with the IWC. Love you guys. Billy, we are so happy you are here, brother, and happy fucking birthday to Billy Ooh. Bomb with a $100 super chat, man. Um, We're going to get 47. into Dynamite. I'm sorry. Boy, just boy, boy, is that guy old? <laughs> 47? Yeah. Bro, I'll be there in uh, five years. You're going to call me old? People yeah. already call me old man. I got I got the fucking salt and pepper in the gray and the beard. <laughs> right Boy, <laughs> must suck to be forty seven and just have turned. 47. Wait, wait a minute, man! You just turned twenty one, man. Oh, well, I just turned twenty one. That's listen, right. Listen, no wonder there Ooh. was fucking cash mission missing from the till, bro, the other week. I, listen, what what are you doing, man? What, what, stealing from the venue? Nah, bro. I told the truth on my birthday stream. I I turned I turned twenty two. Twenty two. Okay. Twenty two. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll investigate your identification a little bit later, man. Um, we're gonna get into it. By the way, did you see my text? I did. I did. What do, What it do was, you think, man? What do you think? It, it is awesome. It, it it is hard to get the you know the full grasp of it because it's not fully rendered and stuff. But I see. But I see the vision. I see it, man. I just sent I like Jesse it. the TNT rough draft, first draft of the new TNT intro, man. Uh, it is coming along. And the uh, the vision is there, man. You see what I'm going with. Now where now where is this though? It's above where you're sitting. It's above okay. the it's above the venue. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm beneath the venue, the mother's basement. You're in the middle of the venue, and then uh, what you're looking at there, what's going to be on TNT is above the venue. It's a rooftop venue bar. Rooftop. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. Then. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, we're overlooking Manhattan. I like it, man. Yeah. I like the city backdrop in the overlay. I gotta I gotta keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. 
Take it as inspiration, man. Uh, I, I can't wait for all the geeks, man. Oh, JD copied Doctor Disrespect, and then you can, then Jesse's gonna get. Oh, but Jesse copied JD. Pretty much. Let the world goes round and round, man. It's gonna go uh, what, full circle. You know what that means? That means they're watching. You know who else is watching, man? AEW's watching. Oh my God! How many different instances did we get tonight, man? Where it's like, oh man. Did we talk about that seven days ago, man? Holy shit, man. Someone over there is fucking stealing ideas, man. <laughs> PayPal. It's on Residuals. my Twitter profile. Please. Residuals. Tip jars in my Twitter profile. Absolutely. Uh, I'll leave it with you, man. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Biggest takeaway from Ooh. tonight. So, um, that's, a, that's a doozy. I didn't even think about that one. Because, I mean, to me, nothing popped off the page. But everything was right where it was supposed to be on the, in an evil in an in an even playing field. Yeah. Um, so I tell you what, let's go with um, let's go with the main event. Can't go wrong with the main event. Um, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were gonna go uh, Wardlow. To be honest with you. Oh, Wardlow. All right, let's do Wardlow. Let's do Wardlow. All right, Good point. Yeah, start off Wardlow. So aew i think it was a aew on tnt or something like that one of the, one of the um channel accounts they put out a tweet early in the week and that it said who should who do you think wardlow's next opponent should be and i replied and i wasn't the only one with this reply but there was quite a few replies that said the aew creative team basically yeah you know and quite a few people said that and Right out of the gate, this guy comes out, you know, with a show-stopping promo, you know, a la, you know, Vegas style. And, yeah, basically said that he got screwed over. His momentum got, un, you know, for, halted for no reason. And he should be on top. He should be this. He's better than this guy. He's better. He came out screaming everything that we've all been saying. So basically, basically what Jesse's saying here, I'll get back to him and, and let him finish what he's saying. But basically what Jesse and I said last week is that we're tired of Wardlow defeating local enhancement jobbers. And if you want him to be in the world title picture, he's going to need to defeat actual big named opponents that are actually worth a damn on this show. Otherwise, when he does wrestle for the world championship and he doesn't get those big victories over some big names... We're going to be looking at this and asking Tony Khan, uh, yo, TK, who did Wardlow beat here? He yeah. beat uh, Enhancement Jobber number one from Pittsburgh, Enhancement Jobber number two from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And by the time we, we end with this, he'll be fucking 10-0. and 0. Oh, yeah, he deserves a world title match, but who was he really beaten? And, and nobody will care. He, he, he touched on a lot of the things that made people say things like, we don't care. Um, mid low. I mean, just the guy's good at what he does. As a matter of fact, he's improved from where he first started off in, in this company. And the fact of the matter is a lot of people just don't care. And it's to no fault of his own. Absolutely no fault of his own. I think the guy has nailed everything he's been given, but unfortunately he's been given the wrong things for so long. And this stop, go, stop, go, push, pull shit does not work. It's never worked any wrestler. If you, if you got to push on somebody and they're hot, if you don't strike while the iron's hot, there's no guarantee you'll ever get them back to that state. And that's what Warlow was suffering from right now. So it's always good when you take a dose of reality 
and, and you put it into your creative. And that's just what we got here tonight with Warlow. Now, this doesn't work with anybody just coming out and saying, oh, I'm tired of creative and I want better booking. No, this guy has a legitimate gripe with every word that came out of his mouth because he's correct. He was hosed. He was screwed over. He did beat Punk. He did beat MJ. I mean, the guy is supposed to be a main event star at this point. And he is not. And it's not his fault. So everything he said is believable to me. I believe it because I believed it before he said it. And I'm glad that they took this route. Now, Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. That's code SCRIPT50 at factormeals.com slash SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. Does it mean that it's going to you know equal absolute success? No, but it does give us the vision of, hey, um, we know we fucked up, but we are trying to make it right, and this is the first attempt to make it right. So I can appreciate what they're doing with, World, with Wardlow in that regard. Yeah, um, in regards to Wardlow, his demeanor, the way he carried himself tonight, uh, the way he spoke, the way he did not stutter at all in anything he said. You know, whatever he said, everything he said, word for word, was from that man's soul. He believed every fucking word he said, and he carried himself very well. And tonight, if they are smart, This is the final fucking time. I've been watching this show every episode. This guy's been here with me every episode for the last five years. This is the absolute very last shot we are giving Wardlow. And that's not even his fault. Like Jesse said, it's not even his fault. Tony Khan, creative, let this man down. This guy should have been a main event guy staple at the top of the card at this stage of AEW's life cycle. And tonight what they did was... Basically reset Wardlow. This is the start from this point on going into next week. If things are not changing and we're not turning the page on Wardlow, I'm done. I'm done. If he's going to be the next challenger for Samoa Joe, then so be it. 
build him up as such, give him some big wins, let this guy fucking ride that wave of dominance, and I want to see it. He's got to be, he's got to beat big names. Do not be afraid. And I know you're fucking listening. Do not be afraid to throw some big names at this guy and have him go over. I'm not saying squash, but have him go over in some dominating fashion and make us believe that this guy is a world champion because clearly he believes he should. Yes, it, it's it, it's it's important. It's also important that you make Wardlow look and feel like a big deal. He needs to be important. He needs to be. He doesn't. He don't have to have. You don't have to push him to the moon every night. But when he's on TV, shit needs to be important, man. Yeah. I mean, shit like oh shit, Wardlow's here. Like you say, he doesn't need to squash his opponents. He should win in dominant fashion because he's Wardlow, and he should be beating. You know, uh, uh, you know, contracted names to the company and not local enhancement talent, but make it important. I like how he came out and just stormed it and said, "I'm sick of this shit." The way he stormed and took over the show um, verbally, he needs to do that physically. Yeah, you know, from time to time. You know, I, I've seen this done before. Put on a put on a card. Put on a match on the card. Two um, contracted talents, one on one match very low meaning, very low energy, and have Warlow come out and beat the holy hell out of both of them and reiterate what he's been telling us and then go on with the next plan of action. But the point point is, Warlow is done with this bullshit. He's going to roll over and roll through anybody he fucking feels like it because he's fucking Warlow. And until he gets what he wants, he can basically take take this show hostage whenever he feels like it. That's how dominant he is. Make us remember how dominant he is because MJF did a phenomenal job at putting him on that pedestal and he got knocked off. You just can't put him back up there and expect the best. You gotta, you gotta gradually get him back up there somehow and you gotta make him dominant. We got another Billy Bomb 100 in Super Chat. Billy Sizane again says he, he says he's got to give you guys, got to give you guys love, J.D. and Jesse. And yes, I'm 47, but look young. I love professional wrestling and support J.D. and Jesse. I look forward to every week with you guys. It's hard for people to understand what I went through overseas and still be here alive. It is a blessing in life. That's another round of applause right there. That's what's up, man. And Billy, I'm just, I'm just giving you shit, bro. I'm, I am 47 as well, man. So, I'm right there with you, bro. Hey, Billy, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you being here, man. Hopefully, you are uh, enjoying the show with a nice cold beverage. Uh, yeah, Wardlow is uh, definitely from this point on reset. He needs to be built as that dominant uh, upper card guy. Carried himself great tonight. Uh, That was the best promo of his entire life. And that is, to me, what is going to be the start of Wardlow and AEW. I'm going to forget what we got for the last five years. This is it. Especially with the Undisputed Kingdom being so fucking low and dead right now and ice cold. They need something like this. And hopefully we are on track as well to get Adam Cole back and things finally start picking up for that group because... Without MJF on TV right now, they are fucking absolutely dying a thousand deaths. And I can't stand to see it happen. Yes. Also, just to add to what we said before, you've already started the Wardlow train again with this promo. Yeah. 
the worst thing you can do is fall back on it. You yeah. can't do you can't do that. You have to keep his momentum going or this is going to be it for him. You have to up it. You just did this great spot. How are you going to up it next week and then have a plan for the following week after that? Just keep his momentum slowly rising. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the rest of what Wardlow said here, word for word. I got it here in the notes. Uh, we'll go over that a little bit later. Uh, great promo show tonight, like I said. Wardlow was one of them. Sting and Darby cut a fantastic promo. Uh, we were already sold on the match going into Revolution. They put several cherries on top of the cake tonight with Sting and basically his message to the Young Bucks. Ric Flair is now involved after being away for over a month. He walked into the Young Bucks locker room tonight. Nobody knows what was discussed there. We'll go over what happened with that situation and where that may be going. And then we got RVD making his return to AEW. You know, Tony Khan loves his former ECW uh, Hall of Famers. And they did the, can they coexist, pal? Main event tonight on Dynamite. I'm not sure if Tony Khan was behind the pen or Bruce Pritchard was. But we got, can they coexist with Samoa Joe and Swerve Strickland on the same team? Teaming with Brian Cage of Mogul Embassy against RVD, Hook, and Adam Hangman Page. We'll go over that. Spoiler alert, they couldn't coexist. There you go. Wow, man. What what a what a fucking uh this is cinema is the cool kids on social media say right? cinema go. for you guys, right? You give me a fucking break. Um we're gonna go over the rest of the show. Solid dynamite tonight, not really uh the best show that they put on, but uh promo was king tonight. And we're gonna go over the rest of the show uh in just a little bit. But quickly, guys, follow us on social media at JD from NY206 on X at Shy Town Smark on X. Make sure you guys go do that. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Drew and I were live for TNT, episode 36 last night. Great discussion over two hours. We went in detail about our thoughts about the O'Shea Jackson Jr. If you guys don't know, he's the son of Ice Cube. Uh, he was with Chris Van Vliet yesterday in a very uh, down-to-earth, very cool, very chill podcast. So make sure you guys go check out TNT, episode 36. And then I was live for Monday Night Raw. And then, obviously, we are on the road to the Elimination Chamber, and we will be covering the Chamber uh, all week, going through Friday SmackDown, and then I will be up at 5 a.m., man. Lucky me, watching the Chamber at 5 a.m., man. I already got the coffee machine. I got my Ninja Coffee Maker already programmed there for a full pot of coffee. Yeah. You have fun with that one, guy. Jesus Christ, man. I'll see fucking... you at WrestleMania, Chief. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dead, man. I don't know what time I'm going live yet, guys, but I'll be up at 5 a.m. There's four matches, five matches, maybe tops on the show. We'll probably be done by 8, 8 30. I'm going back to bed. We'll probably be live around 12 30, 1 o'clock or so. I'll let you guys know uh in a few days on social media. But I want to get into a major news story. That broke. Tony Khan actually uh, tweeted out the All Elite graphic for one Jennifer Pepperman. This is a big new hire. She was with WWE. She left WWE last week for reasons we don't really know. It's not hard to figure out why she might not want to work there. And she is now the vice president of content development. And Tony Khan is bringing her in 
As reported by Justin Barrasso at Sports Illustrated, I'm assuming he's the only human left working there, as they are now AI, aren't they? Sports uh, Illustrated? Aren't they? Yeah. Don't, don't they have AI-generated uh, bots writing their articles now? Uh, probably, dude. Who knows? I think they all use AI at this point. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, just like that Metallica song I played in the uh, beginning of the show, which is not really yeah. Metallica. It sounds like Metallica and Justice for All, but it's actually an AI-generated Metallica song, but or not actually AI-generated Metallica vocals over a Megadeth song, if you guys didn't realize that. There you go, man. man, wait, wait AI, man it's, crazy. it's crazy what AI is doing, man. It's crazy. Oh, man. Anyway, back to Jennifer Pepperman. She will join AEW as the Vice President of Content Development. She is a three-time Emmy Award winner and was the longest-tenured female member of the WWE creative team up until her departure last week. Now, Pepperman will reportedly work alongside head of creative Tony Khan. Pepperman was well-liked and valued for her work while in WWE, and after her departure last week, several took to social media to thank her for her work. Adam Pearce tweeted last week, shout-out to at Jen Pepperman. I have always appreciated your creativity, passion, and the countless times you've given to help me and others backstage over the years. I'll miss your energy, but I know you'll be great wherever you may roam. My gratitude forever. And then AEW tonight, Tony Khan and AEW put out a press release that they announced her as the new vice president and content development position in AEW. And it says this, Three-time Daytime Emmy Award winner will work alongside AEW CEO and head of creative, as if we don't know his fucking titles, Tony Khan on development of content for live programming. AEW CEO and head of creative Tony Khan announced that award winner director and producer Jennifer Pepperman has joined AEW today as vice president content development. A professional wrestling producer and senior writer since 2017, Pepperman was a prolific director and executive producer of the renowned soap operas, including As the World Turns, One Life to Live, and After Forever. Pepperman has won three daytime Emmys for Best Directing across her career, bringing decades of experience in production and directing to AEW. She will work alongside CEO and head of career of Tony Khan in development of content for AEW Dynamite Live on TBS every Wednesday, AEW Rampage on TNT every Friday, and AEW Collision on TNT every Saturday. So he says this, does TK. Adding Jennifer Pepperman's brilliant mind to the AEW team opens the door for exciting new ideas and will help us build upon the incredible stories currently developing on the road to AEW Revolution across our three weekly shows on TNT and TBS, and the effects of Jennifer's arrival in AEW will be felt for many years in the future. We're thrilled to welcome her today, and I look forward to her creativity and collaboration with our team across the board in what will be AEW's biggest year yet and beyond, end quote. Now, we have asked, Jesse, we have asked for Tony Khan to go out and get a writing team. Now he's gone out there and hired Jennifer Pepperman, who is an Emmy Award-winning creative writer, director, producer, right? And he is on the road to bringing in an actual writing team. But the kicker here is Jennifer Pepperman is incredibly close with one Mercedes Varnado, a.k.a. Mercedes Monet, also known as Sasha Banks in WWE. So... It Never seems, yeah, me neither. I, I think she's a rookie, right? She's coming Probably. on in about three weeks. Yeah, she's a rookie, man. Great. 
Great, man. We're going to figure out how uh, AEW is going to blossom with this new uh, up-and-coming breakout star next week. Upstart. Um, obviously, Mercedes and her bringing, you know, with what she has to AEW, clearly we're all excited about that. Tony Khan wants to go above and beyond, make sure that she's comfortable, make sure that she's got people there that she's familiar with, that knows what she wants, knows what she is good at, you know, yeah. is going to help her be the best that she could possibly be. This is a good move. Now, she wasn't a fan favorite to everybody was Jennifer Pepperman, but if it helps the women's division and it brings comfortable atmosphere to Mercedes, I mean, I can't, I can't see this as uh, anything but a good thing here. No, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, she's not coming in to be Mercedes' personal you know, she's not she, she's not coming in to be Brian Gerwitz for uh, or yeah. Gerwitz, whatever the fuck his name is for uh, yeah. Dwayne. Yeah, she's, she's not here to, to only work with Mercedes. She is here to help do what we've been saying that we're expecting, you know, this summer. And that's to bring out the absolute best women's division possible out of AEW, because there should be no more excuses at this point. Yeah, there should be none. You have you have talent. You have wrestlers. I'm talking about the women's division. You have wrestlers. Okay. I think that's important to distinguish because there are a lot of female, you know, wrestlers out there who are not legit actual wrestlers. You have a fantastic core of women who are not scared to go out there and throw some fucking fists and whip some ass. Okay. Just give them great story and they know what to do between those ropes. Hopefully, this woman will come in and help organize and and put in perspective all of the talent they have in that female locker room. Um, we know Mercedes is a team player. We know it's going to be her priority to help elevate that women's division. That's all she's ever wanted. It's all she's ever wanted is to what whatever women's locker room she's a part of to be elevated and treated like like it's a, like it's a serious you know competitive sport in the same aspect that the men are treated. That's all she's ever wanted. And it feels like she's now getting that chance to actually do that in this locker room. And starting with this hire, I think it's a fantastic sign. Yeah, this is uh, something that you guys need to understand. You know, the AEW uh, neckbeards out there, they're, they're probably looking at this and reading the transcript here, the memo that AEW put out, and the fact that she is an award-winning, prolific director, an executive producer of soap operas and all this other shit, and they're probably scared out of their fucking unwashed, five-day-old underwear. Yeah. Oh, my God, AEW's going sports entertainment. Relax. You know, they're, 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 they're probably already shitting their pants, which I don't want AEW to go sports entertainment. I don't want them to, to deviate away from what brings them to the dance. I just yeah. want fucking stories. And the yep. thing here is with Jennifer Pepperman coming on in, you got to understand, you know, she worked for WWE during mostly that Vince, Bruce, and Laurinaitis era. So how much of her ideas were really brought to the table and actually used in a That's Vince true. McMahon run WWE? I'm banking on maybe a half of an idea out of a thousand was probably used. So now she's here. She's got no filter. She's got no Vince McMahon. She's got no Bruce Pritchard. She's got no John Laurinaitis. So who knows what she's actually capable of 
So if everybody already writing her off for whatever reason, I'm willing to give her a chance because she's basically been silenced for most of her writing career in WWE. And now she's coming over where it's the wild, wild fucking West. And any idea right now is a good idea because the ideas that they got right now are not really working. So I'm all for it. And I'm very excited to see what she does. Me too, man. I cannot wait. I cannot wait, man. I love it. Good job, TK. Yeah. Making you know, the right I'm, moves. So I, I was so I was gonna no sell this, but I'm I'm gonna have to bring it up because this is not just a. a uh, who said a, what now? Who, who would I uh, who, who would I gonna well, who do I gotta bench? No, we're not benching anybody, man. We're gonna bring up a point that Hooligram made uh-huh. because I don't think it's only his thought. I mean, I see too many people with the same thought. He says that they're hiring too many ex WWE people. Here's what I don't think you guys understand. WWE has been the absolute biggest wrestling organization on the planet for decades, meaning they have hired the best of the best. Anybody who's anybody in this business has worked for WWE, meaning everybody worth any kind of value is an ex-WWE employee. Anyone. It'll be hard actually hard to go out and only hire non-former WWE employees. Everyone has gone through those doors at some point. Talent, backstage, producers, referees. At some point, someone has gone through those doors because they, they are the business that everyone in this business has strived to be in. And if you were any good at anything in relation to this business, you were probably a former WWE employee. So to go out and say, well, I'm not going to hire this person because they used to work for WWE. Well, are they qualified for what you want to hire them for? Oh, they're very qualified, but they used to work for WWE, and I don't want to hire too many ex-WWE guys. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, absolutely uh, ridiculous. I mean, look at the guy who they got as their Kevin Dunn. He's an ex-WWE guy, Mike Manzari. I mean, you you guys going to shit on him being uh, the pro that he's been? I mean, he's, cha- he's changed the show for the better. Yeah, it, it's not, Hooli, it's, it's not a it's not a catch-22, bro. It, it's, your, it's, it's a catch-22 if you hire these same people and use them in the exact same format that WWE Listen, did. At the end, at the end Don't of the do day, that. At, at the end of the day, AEW is only five years old. You do, you do realize, guys, that before AEW existed, there was a monopoly in pro wrestling. There was one no fucking else. place, even though Impact existed and you know, Lucha Underground was doing their thing, and you know, you got New Japan overseas. Here in America, all we had was WWE. That's it. There was nowhere else. The alternative blossomed in AEW. They were created because we needed an alternative while Vince was killing professional wrestling, and that's the real reason why AEW was born, because Vince was basically killing the fucking sport. And, you know, AEW. They brought everybody in that they could in the beginning, and now you see five years later that most of the people that started out here are no longer here. That is a good thing, guys. It's called growth. If AEW and Tony Khan remained with the same team that he had in year one, in year five, we would not be in a situation where AEW is going to grow, AEW is going to get better, AEW is going to get more money for a TV deal. You do realize that Tony Khan needs to start bringing in people not only to make his television shows better as far as writing and creative, but visually it needs to look the part too. 
You can't have them look like a minor league fucking promotion. They need to look big league, and they're still working through the kinks because they fucking ran the show tonight in a 20,000-seat stadium, and they only filled 3,000 fucking people. That shit's got to go ASAP. I don't know why they're not running buildings that are in line with the fucking number of people that they draw weekly. It would sound yeah. and look a lot better, so they are still working through the kinks. But if you guys want AEW to grow, AEW is making the moves like this, Jennifer Pepperman, and bringing in Mercedes. How are you going to pass on bringing in a Mercedes Monet? I don't give a fuck where she worked. If it was WWE, on the moon, I don't give a fuck. You're going to bring somebody like that in because of the equity that they have already built up. How can't you want to, how can not, you know, you sit there not wanting to use that? It's ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's saying, and I don't think he's saying that you can't bring any. He's saying they're bringing in too many. Um, I don't know. He He's saying that the show, he said that the shows, he said that AEW is looking too much like WWE right now. I'm like, how, if WWE is putting on good TV right now and AEW not so much, how are they looking the same? Clearly, one is better than the other. WWE is putting on better TV than AEW. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. If the AEW marks want to come at me with fucking pitchforks and flaming fucking katanas, I don't care. WWE is putting on better television than AEW right now. It's not even a discussion. Yeah, no. And, and why no, is that? Why is that? Uh, uh, how, is, how is it that AEW is looking like WWE and WWE is actually doing a good job right now, but the other one is not? You can't, you can't bring, he says, not current WWE. Okay. You, you can't bring in the old WWE people at whatever generation they worked in WWE. You can't bring them in and use them in the exact same capacity that WWE, WWE did. You have to find a way to bring out the talent that they have and maybe get the voice that they didn't get to express in WWE and use it to the style that you want to use. You don't bring in, you don't bring in a painter to paint your house the exact same way that he painted every other house that he's ever worked at. You can you bring them in to bring out your vision and what you want paint you what you want paints painted. It doesn't have to look like everything else they've done in the past. You have to bring. They brought in John Moxley, all right. They brought in Jonathan Good. They, they turned Jonathan Good from Dean Ambrose to John Moxley. That's not the same person that worked in WWE, right? I mean, there's so many other people that used to work in WWE that is a far stretch from what they used to look like. Now. Does that apply to everyone that's in AEW that came from WWE? Probably not. I think Andrade probably could have been copied and pasted from his WWE character to his AEW character and then pasted back over to WWE. But for the most part, you just can't ignore talent or, or producers or managers or writers just because they used to work in WWE. Bring them in, let them know what your vision is, and let them help you create what you want to do despite where they used to work. Yeah, I agree. I don't even know why it's a discussion. He's Honestly. not the only one. I'm not trying to like argue with Huli, man. Huli has a no, point no, I, in, no, in, in the sense of, yeah, he has a point that other people are saying this as well. He's not the only one. So if we bring in Scott Demore, are we going to start making AW into Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling? I mean, yeah, you know, they, they, Scott Demore is a professional, and Scott Demore would be somebody that people trust, right? Yeah. And he's got a, a vision. And if his vision is in line with AEW and he can help make the company better, why not bring someone like that in? You know, and I'm just using his, him as, as, as an example. We don't really know why he was terminated, but yeah. 
you know, it, it, that reason will come out sooner rather than later. And it may not be a case where they want to bring him in because he did something that is not really uh, redeemable. So um, that, that being said, they need to start bringing in more people. This is not, yeah. this is not the, the end. They should not stop you with Jennifer Pepperman. They should be bringing in more writers, more people yeah. like Jennifer Pepperman to work alongside Tony Khan. So the more that we get, on their end, the less Tony Khan has to worry about. All he needs to do, and we've said this for weeks, months, years, all Tony Khan needs to do is sit in that fucking chair, that being the head of the table, and say yes or no. And if he doesn't yeah. like it, give it a, give an opinion why he wants to change. Give it back to the writing team. They come up with something new. They bring him the new uh, the new angle, and then it, it's okay. That's all he needs to do. Tony Khan should not be writing. Tony Khan should not be scripting. Yeah. Tony Khan should not be fucking writing storylines, guiding storylines, planning long-term booking. He physically, all he needs to do is say yes or no. Yes or no. That's, That's it. it. That's it. That's, That's it. all we want. We've been asking for fucking years for that, and we still have not gotten that. The, the, the sooner he gets that in his head, the better AEW will be. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll answer this one, and we got to move on, Huli. But he says, but AEW don't need creative writers from WWE that worked there when Raw was an absolute was that what is that what is that was at its absolute worst. Um, oh, we can easily debunk that one. Yeah, I, I I don't see why not. What did we just talk about? But forget about what we just said just now. Think about years ago, back then, or whatever it was when Raw was bad. How many times did JD come on here and say it looks like they had a script and Vince McMahon ripped it up and rewrote it? Meaning. The team had something down and it never got used. We don't know what kind of what kind of creativity these people have because it gets shifted to the wayside, thrown out, not used, changed. They never got a shot. But you have someone who has some kind of experience in writing and pro wrestling. Bring them in and let's see what they have to offer. Now, if it doesn't work out, then you move on. Listen, okay? WWE had 60 or 70 writers. None of them mattered. They were only there for show. The only ones that mattered were Vince, and that's it, and Bruce. They're the ones who wrote everything, wanted the direction to go their way. They didn't give a fuck what the writers wrote. You'd nope. be lucky to get one idea out of 70 people that made it to fucking television. And if it nope. did, it got changed. And I saw someone in the chat, Krauser, he, he's mentioning about Jennifer Pepperman. She wrote the Lashley-Lana love thing. Remember that, Jesse? Uh, Vince wrote that. Yes. That's Vince. all. Vince, Vince McMahon wrote that. All bro. Vince McMahon. Oh, she wrote that because Vince wanted it to be written, Vince not wrote. because she came up with it. And if she nope. did come up with it, it's because Vince wanted something salacious Somebody, and yes. fucking garbage. Like write that. a cuck storyline yes. for these two right now. There Vince you go, genius. The woman we're talking about, my guy, Doctor Evil Genius, is in the chat. This woman, Jennifer Pepperman, was the woman who needed to script something for Vince. She was the one in charge of the Miro, Bobby Lashley, Lana cucking angle. Boom. That's all. She wrote Miro being good. a cuck on Raw. No. Vince did. I mean, come on, man. There you go. I mean, if you, I mean, look, man, if, again, you got to let these people do what they can do. See what they have to bring to the table. You want to know how we know? How how the writing team was treated with their creative. We don't know how we know firsthand. You know who told us? Dewey, Dewey, Dewey Foley. Dewey Foley has been publicly saying how, hey man, and he's on the writing team. It's like all they can do is do their job. 
what makes it to TV, it's not on them. Okay. It has to go through final uh, approval from Vince McMahon. They can change it and rip it up and do what they want. Dewey Foley has said how frustrating it is to write there. So let it play out, guys. Let's see it play out. Tony Khan is bringing in a creative writer. Can't get much worse. What do you want the man to do? He's going out there, spending money, bringing in the people he needs to. And he's got uh, some semblance of a writing team now. One person, but one maybe person. maybe more to come. Who knows? It starts. I'd rather, be, I'd rather them hire one person at a time than hire a team of 10 at once. You know, yeah. individually vet everyone, bring them all in. I mean, it can't be a bad thing. You know, if, if you're TK and, and being objective here and then you say, you hear people saying, TK needs to get a writing team. TK needs to hire a writing team. All right. I'm going to hire this lady here. She used to write for Sasha and everything else. And then people say, hiring too many ex-WWE people. Jesus Christ. What do you want from me? All right. Go go, go ahead. Let let, let him bring her in. If we see anything along the lines of uh, of a cucking angle, I mean, it just gives me more ammunition because negativity to AEW sells. So if I have to come on here and be negative because this show sucks with her involved, I mean, I'm not going to fucking complain. There's a big audience for that, so I'm just going to ride the wave, man. So please, please, yeah, write he, someone to be a cuck. Miro is still employed there. There you go. Live. You got a prime example. Let's see if we get it now. You know, if, if TK sat outside the UCLA, you know, uh, uh, university out there in creative writing and, and, and started hiring graduates who, who specialize in creative writing, you know, for TV and grabbed them and brought them into AEW, People would complain that he's hiring people without any kind of wrestling knowledge or background. People would complain about that. You hire WWE people. Oh, now you're hiring too many WWE people. I mean, people are just going to fucking complain, bro. I mean, for all, for, all, for, for, all, for all they know, they could bring me in. I mean, they've been taking my ideas for the last fucking two, three weeks. They've been taking <laughs> Jesse's ideas for the last uh, two, three weeks. People will complain. You know, and, and they would put it, put the ideas on TV and then people would say, oh, these are great ideas. We like these. But then if they put out a, 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 um, a graphic that said JD is, you know, all elite and creative, people would lose their goddamn minds. Who is that? Just Google it. <laughs> people would lose their minds. You kidding me, man? I get an all elite graphic, man. That, that thing would reach fucking... <laughs> Toxic levels never before seen in in, in social media history. My God. JD's a racist. JD's a sexist. JD hates women. JD's a virgin. What a mark. Yeah. They use his ideas, and then they're like, yeah, this this is a good idea. We like this. Yeah. It's sure thing. People people will complain. TK needs to do what TK thinks is best for his company. And we can sit here and complain about it or praise it. And for this hire, I'm going to put it over as being a good idea. Um, even if it doesn't work out, bro, it's a good idea that he brings in someone with some kind of wrestling writing experience and see how it goes. You know, if it doesn't yeah. work out, bro, you move on and, you know, and try again. Listen, I'll work for fucking coffee, man. Spring me into Jacksonville. <laughs> I need an excuse to go to Florida. <laughs> Whatever. You know, minimum wage, coffee. Whatever. Uh, I worked. I worked there. If Swerve unblocks me. How about that? I don't believe that hasn't been done yet. Honestly, uh, so I do. I really don't get it. What did you yeah. do to him, bro? Bro, it's it's a it's a long discussion. I'm not gonna get into on this podcast, man. Listen, man. You know what you gotta do? You gotta come on here wearing Swerve merchandise. You're coming on here wearing anti-punk merchandise. 
Same thing. No, anyway, we're getting into uh, Dynamite here. We opened up with the Blackpool Combat Club. This is John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli against FTR, Dax, and Cash. Um, I want to start with a positive before we get to the negative. Uh, I thought this was a great tag team match. Tag team wrestling in AEW needs to be exactly what this match was. This is exactly what we should be getting weekly. I'm not saying time limit draws, but the level of competition here, this is exactly what we want to see out of the tag team division. Hopefully, uh, this is going to be primed and ready and is being set up for when Sting and Darby lose those tag team titles to the Young Bucks. This is the type of competition I want to see coming after the Bucks, okay? Now, as far as the match is concerned... You know, there is a large portion of the audience that is going to try and explain where the story is here, but I I don't really see where the story is here. This was basically just thrown together a couple of weeks ago on Collision because Blackpool Combat Club needed to uh, take a a timeout from their feud with the CMLL crew, and they needed another another team to battle at the pay-per-view. In comes FTR. So we get this match tonight. We got whatever happened last week. And we got John Moxley and Dax last week, tag team match this week. It went to a 20-minute time limit draw. And, and this is the TK special. If there's a Vince and Bruce special, TK's got his own special item on the menu, too. It's basically an all-star match, big-time match that opens Dynamite a couple weeks before the pay-per-view. Something happens to basically rerun this back again at the pay-per-view, and that's exactly what he did here. This went 20 minutes. We're going to get it at the pay-per-view. I'm sure some sort of stipulation is going to be involved, whether it's going to be a a no-DQ, Texas Tornado. Maybe it'll be a uh, fucking stadium stampede, whatever the fuck he wants to do. But I enjoyed what these two teams did here. They're clearly going to blow it off at the pay-per-view, and you really can't complain because look at the guys involved, Jesse. I mean, top-quality guys. That's exactly what you want to start Dynamite. It it is. The The match was, you know, the match was pretty good. Um, look, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, one side of me just wants to say, yeah, it was great. Let's move on. Then, but the other half of me just doesn't want to say what I actually think. And that is two things that this ending, the way that it was ended. And then the brawl afterward, everything else, it seems a little forced. Like they're just trying to force a reason for this match to happen again yeah. in, in two weeks. Yeah, and they did the time limit draw, and we just got Swerve and Page a couple of just weeks ago one. going to a time limit draw, 30 minutes, so that they can get yeah. involved with Samoa Joe at the pay-per-view. Now we got the yeah. same ending happening here between these two teams. And, and AEW before this, you know, they don't really abuse the disqualification ending. They don't abuse the time limit draw. But now, Jesse, this is two times in just a couple of weeks, two times this month. This yes. is the most we've seen as far as the time limit draw happen in AEW in the same month since they've... Start of the company. Yeah. Yeah. I, I When I saw the time winding down, I was saying, like, I hope they don't do another draw this soon. And that's what they did. And then they had the, you know, the brawl afterward to try to, you know, take away from it, cover it up. And then they're going to give us the match at the pay-per-view to try to have it all make sense. I get where you want it to go. You want to get them to a match and at the pay-per-view with very little time to do very little build. Um, I disagree with doing the time limit draw. Um, I mean, first off, 
we just saw this match, 20 minutes of it, and now we're going to look at, what, another 20, 30 minutes at the pay-per-view? Two and, weeks and, from and now? my question is always, what exactly are they going to do different than what they did here on Dynamite? It's going to be the same match. You know, it could be a great match. Could be a great match. It could be a great match. I expect it to be a great match with everyone involved in it. Um, I'm just questioning how we got here to begin with and the the forced intensity put behind the time limit draw to try to get us to have um to want to see it again at the pay-per-view. I just don't feel it right now. First off, I look like it feels like I have it feels like I have four baby faces in this match. All right. Yeah. F- FTR baby faces and right now BCC are just I don't know, tweeners at best, but they don't come off as heel either. These guys are baby fit, which is fine. I know the BCC can be assholes and can easily work heel, you know, at the flip of a hat. But we just got 20 minutes of this, man. We just got it. And now we're going to get it again in less than two weeks. And we're supposed to care more about it, care enough to actually pay money for it. And I don't understand that at all. Um, we could have gotten to a build now this week and gotten to another build again on the weekend. And I'm not sure exactly what bill, but giving us a 20 minutes, a 20 minute draw, that doesn't, that doesn't make me want to say, oh, I can't wait to see it again. I just saw it, bro, for 20 minutes. Uh, someone in the chat said, uh, Darkness Kiko says, maybe it will be a dog collar match at Revolution. I could act, I could absolutely see that with the way that they built this thing post match tonight, for sure. I could see that. When was the last dog collar match that we got? Didn't we just see it? Oh, was that WWE? That was, that was Cody in WWE. Right. No, Cody just do a dog collar. No, match? he did a, a bull rope match with Nakamura. Bull rope match. Okay, yeah. same. Okay, not right. really. I think uh, Punk was the last dog collar match, right? I think so. Okay. Okay. But, fair enough. I mean, that's oh, oh, oh yeah. It was that. Uh, who was it? it was uh, it wasn't? Uh, no, that was Ring of Honor. Briscoes and uh, FTR was that? That wasn't the last one, was it? I don't. No. Remember. They were very close together. Either way, you, you got to throw a stipulation in. It Either way, it's a high fucking level draw. to live up to. I mean, if you're going to do dog yeah. collar matches, I mean, you got two of the best ever happening with those two teams and then Punk and MJF. Look, the match will be entertaining at the pay-per-view. It will be. Yeah. It could be a straight-up regular wrestling match with no steps. It'll be a good wrestling. It'll be a good match. We're just wondering, like, I mean, what did you do to make us care about it any more than what we, what we were already going to get? You know, this this whole ending and this whole backstage brawl, that's the part that just seemed a little forced. Now, Starks-Brian was a strap match. It wasn't a dog yeah. collar match. That happened at All Out. Yeah, I think Punk that was, was great the too. Was it, is it Punk and... Um, it might be Punk FTR. Uh, it, was, it was, no, it was Punk uh, MJF at MJF? Uh, Revolu- Revolution two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a while back. So, But, what, but, why, but why are we thinking it's going to be a dog collar match now? What happened to... I don't know, just just the post-match attack. They had to be separated. There was a bunch of officials out there. Then FTR wanted to challenge them at Revolution. They never got out what they wanted to say because John Moxley and Claudio interrupted their promo with Marvez after the match. Oh, so it I, I, could be still, I mean. Something. I There's going to be some something. sort of stipulate. There will be blood. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. There will be blood. Whatever the match is, expect bruh. buckets of red oh, stuff. Viscous liquid everywhere, yes. bro. Crimson masks worn by all. Ooh. I thought this was a good match. Uh, the ending obviously uh, sold it that they're going to get it again at the pay-per-view. The best spot of the match, we had two minutes left, and Justin Roberts was counting this thing down one by one, minute by minute. As soon as the five-minute marker hit, he counted down every 60 seconds. So Harwood and Moxley slugged it out before Harwood got the sharpshooter locked in on Moxley. 
Claudio followed with a sharpshooter on Cash. And Claudio and Hardwood started slapping each other while maintaining both individual sharpshooters. This was fucking great. I love this spot. So they both let their sharpshooters go. They stand up. They have a fucking slap off in the middle of the ring, slapping each other silly across the face. A face. Hardwood planted Castagnoli with a pile driver. Moxley nearly stole a pin off the crucifix from behind. Moxley then sent was was sent off the ropes and was about to. Uh, Suffer the shatter machine by FTR when the bell sounded and they stopped mid-move, indicating the time limit had been reached. Both teams continued to slug it out with each other as officials and security and all the wrestlers ran down. I thought I saw Butcher and Blade out there separating things, and they were having uh, little to no success out there, but... It was uh, hectic, and they wanted to make it feel hectic because this is obviously going to continue with the pay-per-view, and I thought what they did was effective here. I just don't really understand the story for everybody saying, well, hey, story. Well, there's really no story. It's just two teams wanting to beat the shit out of each other. It's more of an angle than a story, but, you know, you can't complain when you got four guys like this and the talent that's involved. It's one of those situations, Jesse, where you just shut up and just watch great professional wrestling. Yeah, I'll you know I'll um I'll give them this much. They're not trying to put this match on the pay per view to sell no. the pay per view. It's not like it's supposed to be a headliner. It's gonna be on there to give us a fantastic wrestling match, and we all we all agree. No one here says otherwise. It will be a fantastic match. Yeah, we're just wondering the importance of it versus what we just got tonight and everything else. But at the end of the day, it will be a fantastic wrestling match. It's not the headliner of the card, and you want a solid show, and this is a welcomed match. So let's see what they give us. This will not be a buy-in match. No. Whoever said a buy-in match, no. No. This is no. going to be a match like Jesse said that's going to round out the pay-per-view even nicer than the pay-per-view already looks. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Renee interviewed Orange Cassidy backstage. She recounted his busy schedule this year so far and what's scheduled going into Revolution. She asked if he's medically cleared because apparently he was in a uh, multi-man match over the weekend at Rev Pro. Doc Sampson was there. He said he is medically cleared, but barely medically cleared. And he says that, that's great. I'm going to go out there and wrestle tonight against Mike Bennett. I'll see you guys later. Uh, Jesse, who who was it, man? I think it's two familiar folk here uh, in the IWC that... Basically called it out about what we're doing here with Orange Cassidy. All of a sudden, you know, we are looking at him as the international champion. And the story was with his last reign that he was accumulating win after win after win and his body was breaking down. Now, all of a sudden, that same story just disappeared and magically reappears this week, man. It's like, oh, my God. Now we're now we're basing Orange Cassidy's longevity here, going into revolution off the amount of matches he's wrestling and if his body's going to be able to handle it, man. Who, who, who mentioned that last week, bro? I am deeply humbled that you guys take our opinion with that much weight. All we're saying is that tip jars. Right there, bro. Compensation. Listen, man, I don't ask for much. Get me a venti caramel macchiato, a fucking Get us in the press scrum! An old-fashioned, get me into the press scrum so I could sit next to uh, Cody! (laughs) Oh, God. You know? (laughs) Something. Seriously. 
You know? SN, we can kayfabe it, bro. We can put us in the squirm. We won't ask about the Vince McMahon allegations. Come on, man. I'll, I'll ask the good questions, really. <laughs> it's all good. Seriously. We're humble. Thank you. It's a great idea. It'll work out. She should hold a sign. JD told us. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's right? like, unbelievable, little, man. Give us a little half effort Orange Cassidy thumbs up, you know? A video package aired on the Undisputed Kingdom feud with Cassidy in recent weeks, including last week's main event. They also showed Cassidy promoting All In in England and then appearing at the Rev Pro event last Sunday. Wow, Tony Khan, man, he's putting out little teasers and trailers and vignettes now, man. Who mentioned awesome. that last week? That, that deserves a little... Man, awesome! Oh man, I, I need the name and number of the employee who's watching this show right now. My, My DMs are God. up. It's great. We say it, and then O'Shea Jackson Jr. is on a podcast saying that's great. You want me to know about this shit? Tell me about it. Oh man, Listen. tell me. Can't hate on it, man. They're telling you the story. They're giving you some fucking backtracking on how we got here. Listen, can't complain go. about it. That's what we want, bruh. Just tell us a little bit. Well, you should have watched Collision. No, you should have recapped and showed me what I missed on Collision because plenty of people, yeah, plenty of people missed Collision. Yeah. Yeah, Collision gets half of your audience on Wednesday. Yes. Come on. Alex Marfez interviewed FTR backstage in the parking garage. He says they would have won if the match had 10 more seconds. Dax says he wanted a rematch at Revolution, but he never really embellished on what that meant. Mox and Claudio showed up, and they were held back by security as Dax was waving my favorite piece of sign language at John Moxley, the good old middle finger. So uh, we're getting that tag team match. We just don't know what type of stipulation yet. If there will be one, I suspect there will be, but uh, it's coming, and it will probably open the show like it did tonight on Dynamite. Orange Cassidy, he went one-on-one -on -one with Mike Bennett defending the International Championship. Mike Bennett is one half of the absolutely most irrelevant titles in company history, the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Does anybody realize that Mike Bennett is a tag team champion? No. no. I Get rid of you him. Just, you just told me. Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I have to tell you. There you go. So I will say this. In regards to the main event last week, uh, I enjoyed what Matt Taven did. I saw Matt Taven's promo on social media after the show was over as a AEW exclusive. Uh, it was uh, it was good, good stuff. I, I like the. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why that's TV. not on dynamite. That that promo should have been on TV, on TV. You want to know something? AEW team, whoever's watching over there, TK, if you're watching via Shadow account, uh, why didn't you replay that promo, man? That clip on dynamite tonight before this match. I don't know if they played it at Rampage or on Collision. I don't know. But I do know that that pro, did they replay it tonight? No. And I missed it? No. No? no. That should have been on TV. Yeah. That should have been on TV this week. That should have been on TV. So this match was for the international title. The story is here that Cassidy has to go through all of the Undisputed Kingdom to uh, get to Roderick Strong, who basically hasn't really said much of anything in regards to the international title. So he's beaten Taven. He's beaten Bennett. He's not going to beat Wardlow. Uh, Adam Cole is injured. So uh, the last 
mountain to climb here is Roddy, and that is a mountain that will be too steep for Mr. Cassidy to overcome. He absolutely 100% should be losing that championship at the pay-per-view, and Roddy should be the new international champion. Uh, I do feel like the Orange Cassidy fatigue is once again setting in. Not that he's a bad wrestler by any means. It's just, you know, we, we've been through this same song and dance yeah. already. It's like we're watching a fucking rerun yeah. and not particularly good in the episode department is Orange Cassidy. He's great. Don't get me wrong, but we've been through this already. Enough. We did, we did this exact same title run, this exact same story behind it. We already did it, and he lost the title. And you had to put it right back on him for, you know, injury reasons. I get it. But we've seen this already. So he should definitely be losing this title. We understand it. That's why we're not complaining about Orange still being champion. We get it. But it's time for him to let that go right about now. I mean, even with uh, Mike uh, Bennett here this week after Cassidy took Taven out, I mean, it, it makes it makes sense whether you like it or not, whether you deem it good or not. Uh, it makes sense that he wrestles Bennett this week after he took out Taven, right? Now he's got Roddy to look forward to at the pay-per-view. Uh, I'm going to need a big, emphatic promo from Roddy before this match takes place on Saturday. I want him, and, and, you know, this may just be me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. You know, we've seen Orange Cassidy cut promos before. Uh, I would love for Roddy to cut a very passionate, emphatic promo about why he wants to win this international championship and why it is going to be an important thing for the undisputed kingdom to achieve. So that's all we need here. Because he really hasn't said much of anything. All he says is he wants the title, and, and he, you know, he's part of the undisputed kingdom, and uh, they, they got whatever their mission statement is. I need to hear physically why this title means so much for the undisputed kingdom, and why Orange Cassidy needs to do everything in his power to stop Roddy from winning this championship at the pay-per-view. That's all we need. And if you do that, I'm in. I'm already in. But a nice little fucking shoulder nudge, some sprinkles on top of the fucking cake, something, man. Give me something, right? I uh, 100% agree, man. Absolutely. What are we waiting for, TK? Next week. Got one week to the pay-per-view, right? Next week is your last dynamite. You know the deal. Yep. So the match itself was fine. Uh, we'll pick it up after the commercial break. If we went to a picture-in-picture. Uh, Roderick Strong hit the ring and distracted the referee long enough for Bennett to punch Cassidy low, hit a pile driver for a two count. We go right to a commercial break. So Mike Bennett, he was in control during the picture in picture and he was uh, on headset on commentary. He took uh, Shivani's headset and started running down Cassidy via the uh, commentary booth. So this allowed Cassidy to recover and he hit multiple dives. Mike Bennett responded with a spine buster back in the ring. Death Valley driver, actually no spine buster on in the ring. It was on the apron and then a Death Valley driver out to the floor. So they go back inside after the DVD. Bennett took too long to follow up on his offense on the outside. Cassidy came back with a desperation orange punch. Mike Bennett tried to fight off a beach break and he hit a gotch style pile driver for a near fall. So we got big elbows here dropping Cassidy and he counted a third pile driver attempt into a beach break out of nowhere and that was enough to beat Mike Bennett here on Dynamite. So it's amazing how Bennett fought off a beach break, hit him with a pile driver, big elbows. He went for another pile driver, and all it took was one beach break to end Mike Bennett. 
I guess Mike Bennett's rating is lower than Maxine Dupree in in, in WWE 2K24, huh? I mean, you know, we, he's got uh, no stamina. We what? Let me hit you what with a Gotch style power driver, man. Let me see you fucking yeah. kick out. Yeah, I mean, but what what did we expect from this outcome? You know, nothing. No, we we knew exactly where it was going. You know ex- exactly. I mean, it was. It was supposed to make Orange look even more tired and even more weak and put a more of a beating on him, and that's what it did. What did we expect from this, man? Never. I'm happy we didn't get another show with Orange Cassidy starting the goddamn show with a title match again. And he got the win like he was supposed to. It was a hard match like it was supposed to be. Now he's nice and primed and too beat up, and he can't defeat Roddy at the pay-per-view. It's fine. Let's get it going, man. Let's go. After the match was over, Taven ran out. He attacked Cassidy. Roddy joined in. And all of a sudden, with this numbers game mounting up for OC, out comes Jake Hager. And he attacked. I know, man. Wow. What a a shocking surprise, man. He attacked Taven and Bennett. Excalibur said Hager is unexpected backup for Orange Cassidy. Uh, Chat. Or anybody watching me right now, I'm going to need you to do some uh, homework for me because I'm the fucking geek who sits in the back of the classroom who clearly isn't paying attention. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe I am, and AEW is the one who's fucking dropping the ball here. Can someone please tell me what Jake Hager has to do with any of this now? Do you, have an, idea? Do, do you, do you have an idea, Jesse? Any, any idea None. at all? None. None. Zero. I mean. Z- zero explanation. When was the last time he was on TV? I don't know. Maybe during the uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society breakup. Probably. I mean, he's from Oklahoma. My concern is that Jr. wasn't there tonight, and they were in Oklahoma. So you you know, you know, if he was able to do anything, he would have been in right. Oklahoma. Show. They were they were there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he came out to back up Orange Cassidy because he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. Are you fucking kidding me? Hometown pop. Are we booking on feelings now, TK? Are we booking on people because you're uh, in their hometown for your flagship show? But what does he have to do with the fucking storyline? Oh, why don't you wait till it plays out? We're two weeks from the fucking pay-per-view. You want to add Jake Hager, who's been absent off television for months. Now you want to throw him into the storyline because he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah. There's nobody else to throw in? I don't know. Why is he in the storyline? Oh, go Google it. (laughs) Google it, O'Shea. Are you fucking serious? Go look it up, O'Shea. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend, really. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. Fucking ridiculous, man. Then they want to know why I shit on the fucking product. Oh, it was a great show. All right, well, tell me why this made sense. He's from well, Tulsa. Well, if, if you if you watch 205 Live, you wouldn't know the storyline. I'm like, <laughs> Well, if you watched Collision three weeks ago. If you watch AEW Dark three years ago, Google it. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. 
God, these AEW fans, man, they're the fucking worst, man. I think WWE fans, you know, some of you guys are fucking weirdos, man. But I tell you what, man, you AEW guys, you're just as big of weirdos as the WWE side, man. I can't win. I can't what? wait. I can't wait till I go on social media after the show. Oh, JD's a, a Paul Levesque dick rider. This week. This week. Now, next week, I'll be a TK dick rider. Which one am I? <laughs> Pause. You're, you're just a TNA shill, bro. Pause. I saw that. I saw that Scott Demore video. You're a TNA shill now. Yeah, you know, you know what I got in the comment section. Oh well, you're not a TNA channel. Why are you covering this? Save this for Jesse. It's wrestling news. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, I don't I don't see my I don't see me talking about any sort of creative direction on TNA. I'll save that for you. But I mean, yeah. the fucking president of the company was fired. Why wouldn't I cover it? <laughs> Wrestling news. Go Google it. I had people like, oh, I, you 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 watching the Royal Rumble? You said you didn't watch WWE. I also said that I always watch the Rumble in WrestleMania. Where the fuck were you when I said that? Telling you, man, Celrex. I don't know if you're watching me, brother, right now, man. Usually you text me during the show, man. Get on oh, it. My God. We need a go Google it t-shirt with the go off the script logo somewhere. Google it. Ridiculous. It's my new thing now, man. Go Google it. <laughs> anyway, um, Roddy's got to win that title. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, Renee, she interviewed Angela Parker about finally going out on a date with Ruby Soho. Listen. All right, listen. We got this rampage angle now kind of bleeding on to, uh, to Dynamite. Uh, you know what, TK? I got to ask you a question, man. You and your writing staff. Where is Angela Parker taking Ruby Soha? Wh which restaurant is he taking her to? Maybe we'll get that. We, later. we, we need some long term booking here, man. Maybe we'll get that. Did he later. take her to Lobster uh, Red Lobster? Did he take her to Applebee's, TGI well, Fridays, Uno's? I'm actually semi interested in where this goes. Don't ruin this for me. Okay. I'm legit. legit. I'm serious. I, I want to see what they make of this. I, I like this. Well, Ruby, I mean, it's better than whatever Ruby was doing with the fucking. Uh, Raya Squad. What were they called? <laughs> Anything. Uh, but what the fuck was Soraya's group called? Oh, I don't know. The, the Outcasts? outcasts. Yeah, okay, Outcasts. Let's see where they go. He fi he's finally going to get to fuck Ruby. Awesome. Who's going to interrupt it? Who's going to mess it all up? Let's let's see. Let's see what we're doing with it. I don't know. Anyway, a white SUV drove up while they were leaving. They thought, uh, or Ruby thought that the SUV Woo! was for them on their date. But no, he said he got them an Uber. That's a great job there, man. AEW contract's really coming in handy, right? You got a fucking Uber. Hey, they don't fucking have the personal vehicles on the road, bro. What are you talking about? They you take it out a lovely woman like Ruby Soho, man. You getting a fucking Uber? You get an Uber Black. Yes, you don't have your own car there. You don't live in Tulsa. Who lives in Tulsa? Whatever, man. Anyway, white SUV drove up. Out comes Rick Flair. Oh, my goodness, man. Ric Flair wasn't, uh, he wasn't wooing out there, man. We didn't see no woo wings. We didn't see no woo energy drink out there, man. This guy was serious man. tonight. He was angry. This motherfucker was mad. He looked at his Rolex, though. You see him? Nah, he, had a, he had a look at his Rolex to see what time it was. You know he's still mad at us, right? He's still, he's still mad at the fans. For what? For not wanting him to be there for for Sting's last one. I'm run. sorry, he got a lift. He didn't get an Uber. Get a lift, yeah. He was mad, man. 
He's still mad at the fans for the way they treated him online for his return to Sting's shit. He's mad. Oh, yeah? Did he Google it? <laughs> did, you, did you Google it, Rick? <laughs> we Google Rick Flair. We learned of the plane ride from hell, bro. The helicopter oh, Rick. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, next, next time someone wants to call me a Tony Khan shill, JD's on the payroll, yeah? Google it. Google helicopter Rick. <laughs> Who's from Oklahoma? Rick Flair's from Oklahoma? No. No. Come on. Anyway, uh, Flair. Hager and, and JR. Yeah, JR. Thoughts to JR, man. He, uh, he got hip surgery. Uh, come on, JR. Come on. Fight through this one, bro. This guy's uh, more banged up than a fucking uh, Mick Foley hardcore match, man. Holy shit. Kicks out every time, man. It's all good. Uh, Renee caught up with Ric Flair. She walked, uh, or he, she was standing there. He walked right by her. I don't know where he was going. She asked for his thoughts on Sting's final match. Flair says he's disappointed. Oh, yeah? The fans were disappointed when you told uh, the ladies in the crowd, anybody under the age of 18, what do you say? Oh. Meet me at the bar? Don't Google Ric Flair, guys. Yeah, don't Google Ric Flair. Don't Google Anyway, he said uh, he wanted some ladies to come drinking with him. Leave, the, wife, leave the, the husbands at home or something like that. I don't know what he said. Whatever. Yeah. He said uh, he thought he'd be a bigger part of the picture when he signed up. Oh, yeah? Well, what do you think it is, 1989? He says he doesn't hold it against Sting, but he wishes he was more a part of things. He says he's going to explore some options. He then knocked on the door, and answering the door is the young bucks. They seemed surprised and welcomed him in for a chat. So, I don't know what we're planning here, Jesse, but... It looks like they may be setting up Flair to turn on Sting in his retirement match, and the Bucks have used the uh, absence of Ric Flair by giving Flair an opportunity to make it about himself. At long as long as the you know they get helped in the process, maybe they're paying Flair to maybe be in his corner, take out Sting, and ruin his retirement. Could be. I was thinking longer term. I was thinking. After we are done with the Sting angle and everything else, they leave Ric Flair on and use this heat and incorporate it into their heat, hire him as part of management. You know, I'm thinking past this. I'm like, are they going to keep Ric Flair on, bring him in sporadically to be a part of the Young Bucks management team because he's pissed off at everybody still for the way he was treated? Yeah, listen. I mean, I don't mind it as long as they keep it to a minimum. Yeah, oh, I think oh, absolutely. I, I, as long as it's effective, it's fine yes. by me. Absolutely. Match is going to be good anyway. So if Flair has a little minor role, a little nugget of a role, I'm okay with it as long as it's not about him. Yep, that's what I was thinking too, man. Uh, Daniel Garcia. Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and he's interviewing Danny Garcia. So he's out there, and Schiavone brought up what happened in his match against Adam Copeland and the injury that Copeland suffered. He was the recipient of a concerto. So Adam Colpin, kayfabe, is now out, and he will be missing the pay-per-view. So they are prolonging the third match, or the uh, conclusion here. What they have? They have, they've had how many matches? Two? Two matches? Yeah, third, I think it was two. The, the third match will not be happening at the pay-per-view. More than likely, it will be safe for double or nothing. Uh, and, 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 and listen, you know, a lot of people are going to be asking why. And the reason is because mostly everything that's going to be happening in, in a week or so, a week and a half, it's going to be all about Sting. 
Swerve's yep. not win- Swerve's not winning the world championship. That's not happening on a retirement show for Sting. It's all about Sting. You know, Mercedes is not debuting in Revolution in front of 17,000 people. It's all about Sting. And Adam Copeland's not winning the TNT title in front of basically, you know, his home state right now. He lives in North Carolina because of Sting's retirement. So they're, they're prolonging all of these things for later dates because it is about Sting. They don't want anything to seem second rate or underneath because those are big moments in their own right. Yeah, they have, they have plenty of they, they can there's they have plenty they can still do with this um cage and and Copeland feud, man. And yeah. it, it's got legs and they can stretch this out to the next pay-per-view. They absolutely can. So yeah. I'm not opposed to skipping this one and letting it go a little bit longer. Sure. So it's going to be Danny Garcia against Christian Cage for the TNT championship. And that will be happening at Revolution. Says he believes he would have made Copeland tap out if the match went any longer. He says he'll see him again, but he'll be holding the TNT title by then. He pointed at the big screens out of the graphic up for the match, and he was interrupted by the TNT champion. So Christian walks out with Nick Wayne, Mama Wayne, and Killswitch, a.k.a. Luchasaurus. He said Copeland will never get another match against him. He said Garcia shouldn't get a title shot at Revolution because he's not ready yet. And he talked about his gyrations being a hindrance and a distraction. He says Garcia has a pretty dark childhood, I see. Garcia shot him some uh, evil stares, and Christian was bringing up his past. Christian then asks Danny Garcia if he knows a Jackie Garcia. And he mentioned Jackie's address in Buffalo, New York. Man. He asked Jackie... Or he asked if Jackie was married to a man named David Garcia. He said David is his father. But to the information that I found out, David Garcia, your father, is dead. Oh, man, so good. I'm sorry, it's not good that his father is dead. <laughs> Garcia so began good. getting more angry. And he said if, or it would be a fairy tale ending for him to win the TNT title revolution in celebration of his father, but his father isn't worth celebrating. He says he was a loser alcoholic who lost his life to the bottle. Oh, oh my goodness, man. I'm loving this. Nick Wayne is laughing in the background. He's so... While he's got his uh, Christian is my father t-shirt online, uh, wearing it, and I'm sure you guys can get that online. I'm sure That's a great looking shirt. Uh, Christian says he wants to help Garcia reach his potential. I don't want to be your opponent. I want to be your father. Garcia warned him about uh, mentioning his mom and his dead father. Nick Wayne then charged to the ring wearing his T-shirt. Garcia quickly took him out, put him in a sharpshooter, and then yelled at Christian with the sharpshooter applied. Killswitch began to enter the ring, and all of a sudden, Matt Menard attacked Luchasaurus from behind with a chair shot to the back. And he was the saving grace here for Danny Garcia uh, as uh, the match was announced for Revolution. Uh, I thought Christian was fucking great, number one. Uh, Nick Wayne is a uh, prick-looking lackey, like it. And Garcia, man, you know, Garcia's got some promo ability, man. I like that. He's a likable guy. Uh, Nobody really expects him to win the TNT title. There's absolutely no reason why Christian should be losing that championship, especially to Danny Garcia, but... You know, it will add to Danny Garcia's story that he hasn't won the big one yet. His time will come, I'm sure. And uh, we'll set up for a Christian Copeland match at double or nothing in Vegas. And uh, we'll finally end that there. So I'm okay with this. Yeah. yeah. Everything about this was fantastic stuff, man. Yeah. 
And um, I would love to see her and use this time to put over how phenomenal Christian Cage is in spots like this. But I want to take this moment to highlight a Danny Garcia appreciation moment. Remember when he first started in his company with his promo ability? We we saw him in we saw him work in the ring. Yeah. And we were done. Okay. One match. I don't need to see any more. I know this guy can work. Done. He was severely lacking in the promo department. They paired this guy up with Jericho for a while. It had him work with a few other people here and there. And look at his promo tonight. Can we appreciate the the progress that Daniel Garcia has come? In, as it pertains to his promo, because when he first started, it was absolutely cringe. Yeah. Tonight was fantastic, man. That's that's progress. It was. Like that. Very good job by Danny Garcia. Same thing can be said about Darby Allen. I think Darby's come a long way in the promo, promo department as well with his ability on the microphone. Good stuff. Yep. Um, Moving on here, we got Renee interviewing ha- uh, Hangman Page, Hook, and Rob Van Dam. Backstage about their main event match against Joe Swerve and Brian Cage. Hangman said tonight is full of opportunities for all three of them. And said Hook can avenge his loss to Samoa Joe. And then RVD can redeem himself for the loss to Swerve Strickland a few weeks back. RVD found the comment a little uh, a little not needed. Hangman says they have a chance to hurt Swerve before revolution. So stick to the plan. So that was basically their pep talk. For the main event match. Tony Storm. She's out there with Luther. And Mariah May. Against Sydney Winnell. Local Oklahoma. Enhancement jobber. One minute. We got the. Uh, Sweet chic music. And a pile driver. By Tony Storm. And that was basically it. Storm zero. One two three. One minute. And that was uh, short work. For Tony Storm. Uh, afterward, Deanna Perrazzo walked down the aisle and made her entrance during the closing sequence of Tony's match here while her theme music was playing. She just walks down the aisle, and they had this great shot of, of Deanna in the color and Tony in the black and white. I thought it was a great shot. And, and Shout just, out to Mike Manzari, man. And, and bro, I got, I got to say, man, Luther may have the best job in all of AW. I hate Luther now. Yeah, Luther's an asshole, bro. We got, we got to, we got to put him in the asshole category. Still, I mean, it's, it's, dude, it's got to be juice, though, man. It's got to be juice. Listen, man, we may be giving Juice's nickname to Luther. Yeah, there you go, man. Yeah, Deanna Perrazzo wrestled Madison Rain. This was fucking bad. Bro. <laughs> oh really? my god, man! It was like, <laughs> it was like after one minute, one minute elapsed, and two minutes, bro. I felt like this thing got worse as it went on, man. I'm like, holy shit. Madison Rain, uh, listen, man, I don't know what she did in Impact, nor do I give a shit. Stick to coaching. But holy shit, man. She does not belong in a wrestling ring ever again. This woman wrestled as if she didn't give one iota of a fuck tonight, man. There was one part in the match where I watched her throw a fucking clothesline, man. It's almost as if, it's almost as if she was asleep. She, like, what, what, she just flailed her arm out there. Like, what the fuck? Holy, uh, this was Deanna's, it wasn't even Deanna's fault, honestly. This was the worst Deanna Perrazzo match, unfortunately, <laughs> that she's been in during her AEW run so far. This was awful. Shout out to Perrazzo for trying to work through that. You know the, you know the old saying that 
Shawn Michaels could have a five star match with a broomstick. Yeah, you can't have one with Madison Rain, bro. No. <laughs> this. no, this was this was awful. My God, Ooh. you want you want Deanna looking good going into the pay per view? Don't put her in the ring with fucking uh, Madison Rain. There was one spot where Madison got dropped right on her head. I don't know what was going on here. Perrazzo fired up with some offense. She had a side Russian leg sweep. And a forearm exchange led to Perrazzo trying a flatliner, I think it was. But Rain rotated and landed right on her head. She It looked like she got knocked out. So Paul Turner, the referee of this match, beeline went on for her. Beeline right to Madison Rain, asked if she was all right. Doc Sampson got up and he jumped out Doc's of the like, oh, chair. shit. <laughs> he was leaning in on the outside through the ropes to see if she was all right. The referee gave the okay. And then uh, a tap out victory here was uh, had by Deanna, leg lock, and that was a quick tap out. That was it. Get her out of there. After the match was over, Storm came down, and she was in the ring with Deanna, and apparently Tony Storm applied red lipstick all over her face like she was some maniacal fucking psychopath. Psychotic, dude. Psychotic fucking witch, dude. Just lipstick all over her face. I mean, I'm liking... What they're doing here, I really like the like the, the evolution of Tony Storm's character. Yes, I, I like the throwback to them being friends. It, it's probably the most story-driven women's match we've gotten in a very long time, and, and the visual of her with the lipstick all over her face was great in it's the black fantastic. and white. It was great, but I, I think I think I've I think I've pinpointed what I'm enjoying most about this new Tony Storm gimmick is because when I when I first started, you know, trying to assess it trying to figure out what I liked about it, if I didn't like it. It felt like it was going to be completely one-dimensional and everything like that, but it needed more time to breathe, and I understood that. Now, it's an, it feels like, and this is the best thing about it, what she does every week is completely unpredictable. Yeah, You never know. I, not once would I without have guessed that she's going to go out with fucking lipstick on her face looking like the hot mess, dude. I mean, she... She does not do the same exact thing every week, and she does something a little bit different each time, and each time it's always entertaining. So, I mean, you can tell that they're keeping this as fresh as possible, at least, at least I can, and I'm enjoying this 100%. You know, I, I, don't, I, I think Deanna's great. I think Deanna's a fantastic professional wrestler. I see some people in the chat saying that Deanna was bad tonight. You know, you're only as bad as your partner you know, is, yeah. so I, I can't really blame that on Deanna. Deanna was not bad. De- Deanna's uh, actually, I, I take Deanna to be a perfectionist, to be quite honest with you. The one yeah. thing that bothers me about Deanna, I don't know if it bothers you guys like it bothers me, it's just, just something about her when she comes out, she's always, like, smirking and smiling. We, we need to tone that down, honestly. It's not about smiling. You can smile when you won the championship. You know, you're vying for the women's championship. is the biggest title in the entire division, you come out, you're smiling, you're, you're the virtuosa, you're, you're, you're breaking, I don't know if it's breaking character, but you're smirking. Tone that shit down. There's no, reason, there's no reason to be smiling. I don't see it as a, as a, a smile, per se, as a... Well, you take it a, as a cocky smile? Yeah, like, get out, of he- get out of here, I'm better than you, you, mm. you know. I don't know. Useless prick, I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I know what you mean. I was kind of looking at it that way. Like, why is she smiling? I don't think she's smiling. She's not Ra- Raquel smiling. No, as she comes no, out, no, no, no. Raquel, Raquel is like, <laughs> yeah, she's not like, hey that. guys, 
I'm here to wrestle. Yeah, you know, she oh, comes come out with this cocky little fucking, you know, like, I'm about to beat this bitch's ass attitude. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Now, listen, it's going to be a great match for the pay per view. And uh, it may be Tony's best match to date if she stays the course with this uh, semi serious version of herself. I like it. Yes, love it. Sting and Darby, this was a great vignette. Beautifully shot. The lighting was perfect. The scenery was perfect. So we got a vignette airing with Darby Allen and Sting speaking about facing the Bucks of Revolution. Darby talked about the empty pursuit of material gains. He held up yeah. a photo of Sting and his sons when the kids were around the ages of 7 and 12. That Stinger, red uh, Wolfpack Stinger face paint on. He said, that's the only thing in life that matters family. Sting walked in and agreed that family is all that matters. He said nobody has ever messed with his family until the young bucks. He said seven days ago, his father passed. His voice started to get a little crackly. He said he was a hero to him and he taught him right. He said it's made him, you know, think about himself and his own mortality. He says he has felt invincible over the years, but time catches up to everyone and it's caught me for sure. I know I'm not invincible. And he said everything he has left in him, he will be bringing to revolution. And he told the young bucks in a very serious tone, they will have the fight of their lives on their hands at revolution. This was great. Probably the most serious thing promo we've ever gotten. Really set the tone for the match. And this tone is going to be a violent one, man. I, I, I feel like this thing is going to fucking go out there and, and completely risk it all, man. He don't give a fuck. He's going out with a bullet at Revolution. We've seen what Sting has done at this age when he had plans to show up the following week. At this at this stage of this match, he doesn't plan on wrestling anymore. What the hell is he going to do now? He's not showing up on Dynamite. He's this not showing it. up next week. Jesus, what is he going to do now, man? That's it. Oh my god. This, this was a great be, promo. This is gonna this is gonna be a nasty ass match, man. Great promo by Sting. Looking forward to That's... it. Wardlow. He stood middle of the ring with Tony Schiavone. And he told Schiavone to get out of the ring before he knocks him on his ass again. So he's in there alone. He said he's been pissed off for two years. He said fans were chanting his name two years ago in a way that hasn't been heard in decades. That was the next big thing, but apparently the rocket was strapped onto my back and it's been put upside down instead of right side up. He says it's been, he's been screwed over again and again and again. And he says he's the one true homegrown day one AEW megastar would have been champion long time ago. He says he hasn't even received a shot at the world title. So people in the back need to be fired or thrown in jail. For this malpractice. Legitimately. Is just, he wrong? Just more than that, honestly. Not just Wardlow. For other things. He says, a lot of men have been running around claiming to be the best. He says he beat the real world heavyweight champion like no one has. And his body is still falling apart because of him. <laughs> Punk. Just so you guys know he's talking about the best in the world. I don't think it's right for Wardlow to go out there and make fun of Punk being injured. Anybody who goes out there and does anything for a laugh at the cost of someone being injured is probably an asshole. That's exactly what he did. He made fun of Punk's injury. I can't. I, I, 
You know, some people get a pass on that, like Wardlow, Jesse. Um, I mean, ugh. Anyways. He says he squashed the... He, he squashed him like an insect and beat him like nobody has in his career. He's talking about MJF. And then he goes to Samoa Joe. He says he choked him out and beat his ass too. He said custom suits and shiny belts look better on him. He said it sounds like he's the best in the world and he's better than you and you all know it. He then yelled that he is the uncrowned king of AEW and it's time he starts eating like one. He says he's been starving and he's done being fed the scraps. He yelled for everyone to look at him because he is everything a world champion is supposed to be. He said no one in the back can stop him. He said anyone who gets in his way, this is no longer wrestling. This is war. I thought this was the best promo he's ever cut. True. From the heart, he meant every word of it. They probably let him go out there and do write your own promo. Yep. But don't get to talk about everything you want to about how he dropped your push. Go. Thank God. Here I go. There you go. Now, I don't know where they go with this, but like I said in the beginning, this is the start, and we're going to give this one final opportunity. So my question is this, though, about this. So is he going about this in the while within the United Kingdom still, or is he now breaking away? No, they're not in the UK, bro. They're in the Undisputed uh, Kingdom. Undisputed Kingdom, or are they breaking away? I don't know. I don't know because Adam Adam Cole clearly wants the world championship, but he's not medically cleared. Right. How is this going to factor into Adam Cole's pursuit of that title? Yeah, I can't tell if he's going about this with his crew or if he's breaking away solo and saying, you know, screw this. I'm going. Well, he did have an Undisputed Kingdom shirt on. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, this was a great promo. This was a start of something new here. I don't know where they go, but uh, uh, here's a little spoiler for everybody watching over on the AW side of things. Wardlow needs to be in a match next week, a big one, getting yes. a win. Don't leave him off the show after cutting this promo. Oh, uh, yeah. He'll just leave him off to after the pay-per-view. Cut this back. great promo, best of his career. Yeah, we'll bring him back in two weeks after the pay-per-view's over. No. Matter of fact, no. Matter of fact, you want to leave him off TV for a week? Fine. Leave, leave him off next week. But he comes out at the pay-per-view and fucking destroys someone in their match. An important match. Now, Lord, now I, I don't know if I heard this correctly. Somebody in the chat, please fill me in if I misheard this. Apparently, Wardlow will be at the pay-per-view in something that Tony Khan is calling a meat match. No. No. Stop this. Don't do that. No. Like a big meat match, meaty men match, or something like a pause. Don't I know you pause. That's the biggest pause I'll say all 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 night. Pause. (laughs) Don't you do this. Um, I don't know what that means. Is that does that mean meaty men are going to be in this match with Wardlow and he's going to beat a lot of meaty men? Don't you do this. What does that mean? Did I hear this correctly? Please, I hope not. He doesn't need a match. He doesn't need a match at this pay per view. He just needs to whoop somebody's ass. Oh, it's called meat madness. A meat madness match at the pay-per-view. Oh, fucking. What does that mean, TK? Are we going to Arby's? We, 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 have we, we, we have the meats. The meats. <laughs> where are we going? No, the fuck does that mean? Don't do that. Just cut his ponytail off again, bro. Just cut his ponytail off. I mean, just... <laughs> don't, don't do this. 
No. Wardlow, Wardlow's going to be beating a lot of meat at Revolution. All right? There you go. Right. I just spoiled it for you guys. Sorry. Pause. Don't, don't you do this. He does not need this bullshit. He doesn't need the fluff and the... Uh, he just needs to be. Oh, it's called mixed. meat madness because we're in the middle of March madness. Oh, man. The level of creativity in AEW never ceases to amaze me. Holy shit. What is this? Fucking Vince? Did Vince resign only to show up in AEW? Don't do this. It's coming, bro. Don't <laughs> do that. Cancel it. You can stay. It's not too late. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't T TK. Look, we're trying to fix war though, right? Don't do this. Not a good idea. What's Don't meat madness? I don't know. Go Google it. Don't do any stupid fucking meat madness. Or maybe you know gimmicks. what? Don't 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 Google it. I don't know what the fuck's gonna show up in the search engine. Oh my god! Don't look. We're trying to fix Wardlow, bro. We're trying to help you. Backstage, do we got the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. Oh man. We go from one to the other here. Talking about their win on Revolution, or not Revolution, Rampage. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in Revolution. On Rampage last Friday. Did I watch Rampage last Friday? The answer is no, I did not. What a worthless episode that was. Jay White suggested he team with the guns to represent the Bang Bang Scissor Gang as the Collision Cowboys. Bro, this sounds like the makings of a fucking porno. Waiting to happen. What are we doing here? What are, what are we doing here? Bang, you, bang, you, you know, the, you, they they employ they employ Jay White mm -hmm. on who this payroll. <laughs> who is buried now? <laughs> they employ they employ employ Jay White on this on this roster, man. They're paying him, I'm sure, a pretty penny. And when was the last time we saw him wrestle in a meaningful match against MJF? Maybe. So. Or whatever yeah. the Continental Classic was. Oh, yeah. Well, that, 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 that triple threat final with Swerve and Moxley was the last time we saw Jay White actually become Jay White. Uh, what the fuck are we doing here, bro? Get him away from these guys. What are we doing? Se separate them. Split them up. Do the turn. Have them. Look, hurry hurry I, this shit up. I don't know. I don't know what, what's worse. Jay White in this fucking group being buried by Tony Khan Creative. Or the Bullet Club Gold, who was fucking hot and cool. Now mixing it up with fucking Bang Bang Scissor Gang. This is it. Also, they can come to a falling out with the with the acclaimed. Who, by the way, they were already feuding with. You put them together to break them up to feud them. I mean, they were already against each other. And we know that we know this is leading to an eventual fucking breakup. We're not stupid. You're leading this to an eventual breakup. For the Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles, I have to ask Tony Khan, who on this earth gives you shit about those titles? Who gives you shit about the trios titles in AEW? If this is going to lead to absorbing those ROH trios titles and getting rid of them, then this was probably worth it at the end of the day. If that's where this goes. If oh. not, I don't know why they're doing this. Jesus I don't know Christ. why they're doing this. Get the acclaim needs to be the acclaim. Jay White needs to be a single star with the gun club at his side as his part of part of his crew, and they can be in the tag division. The gun club, I'll give them tons of credit. They have come quite a long way. 
from where they started to where they are right now. And they're in a great position as a tag team. Lead them in a tag team division. Put Jay White in the singles department, please. I'm going to need somebody to make whatever shirt Jesse's wearing, but with Tony Khan's face, where Drew McIntyre's face is, and then Jay White on the tombstone. Jay White right there. Seriously. What are we doing here, bro? My God. Renee interviewed Don Callis, Power Asabs, and Konosuke Takeshita backstage. Don Callis talked about Will Ospreay heading to the United States for his revolution match. And that's going to be a great match. I mean, the storyline is a little ridiculous, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. He then called Sammy Guevara a little cuck oh and says God. he has his eye on him. Now, why is Sammy Guevara a cuck? I don't know. I thought Sammy was busy with his new wife and kid. How does that make him a cuck? How is he a cuck? I don't know. I guess that's their favorite word this week, cuck. That's the word of the week. It was the word of the chat. Maybe I'll day. Google it to find out if Sammy Guevara is a cuck or not. I don't Whatever know. Whatever you do, don't fucking Google that. No. No, 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 no. And the main event, Hook, RVD, and Hangman, Adam Page, and Samoa Joe, Swerve, and Brian Cage. Can they coexist, pal? So we got in the main event. It's went 24 minutes. I don't know why this needed to go 24 minutes, but here we are. We got a five-minute overrun, too, man. Woo. Yay. Like that. 24 minutes needed a five minutes, man. Holy shit. I, I don't know it was that. a fun match. Don't get it me wrong. Fun. It was entertaining. It was That's all I'll say. But uh, I, I think we... I don't know why it needed to happen. I don't know why we needed it to happen either. I mean, what's the fucking point of it? Anyway. So, we will pick it up here at the superplex spot. So... Cage backdropped Hangman, who was charging over, uh, or charging at him, over the top rope. Hangman landed on the ring apron, and he then climbed to the top rope. Cage caught him up there, set up a superplex. Hook joined in and threw them both to the mat. So the ring cleared of everybody but Hangman, Joe, and Swerve, who stared at each other and then began fighting. Clearly, they could not coexist. Swerve went to kick Hangman from the ring apron. Hangman ducked, so Swerve kicked Joe instead. Hangman then powerbomb Swerve onto the announce desk, which looked great because the entire thing came collapsing. Hangman yelled at him, stay down. We go back in the ring. Hangman went for the buckshot lariat on Joe, but Joe ducked and landed a snap power slam on Hangman for a two count. Joe went for a muscle buster. Hangman flipped out of it. Hangman then tagged in RVD. Joe punched away at him. Hook snuck into the ring and gave Joe an overhead suplex, which the crowd popped for. RVD then set up for the five-star frog splash, but Cage shoved him to the mat. Cage then knocked Hook out of the ring as Joe put RVD in a sleeper, and RVD passed out. So he did not tap out. RVD passed out. So uh, Joe Swerve and Cage win in about 24 minutes. We got uh, this match basically being booked as Tony Khan woke up one morning saying, what what can I do for Dynamite that would not really make any sense whatsoever to the overall story? But, man, I just want to have some fun. Let me call RVD up and then maybe ask him to have a, a joint with me uh, on Saturday night, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's, all, that's all this was. I mean, it, it was fun for what it was. I think, you know, the RVD sporadic appearances have kind of lost its appeal. You know, it was fun the first time, but the more times you do it, and they get this, Jesse. They they booked him already for the 420 episode of AEW Collision, man. Duh. Really now, man. I wonder why. Um, 
but I'm already invested in the main event for Revolution. Well, the, the world title match, I should say, at, at Revolution. We all know Swerve is not winning there. Hangman's basically there to take the pin. Hangman has made it more about Swerve not winning the championship and him doing whatever he can to stop Swerve from winning the championship. That's more important to him than actually winning the title himself. So, thus, by default, Hangman will take the pinfall or submission from Joe, and they'll probably end up doing Swerve and Joe at Double or Nothing, where Swerve will probably win the title, and we can move on from that. And that's all I have to add. Really. Makes sense. I was st- I still wouldn't be overly shocked if if Swerve comes out as champion because I, I I did say from day one this felt like it had Joe as a transitional champion all over it. The thing is, Joe Joe is so good that I I don't think he deserves to be put in that position. Me either. I mean, it maybe if that was your thought process going in, okay, but for, for the the way that he's carried himself as champion, this needs to go a little bit longer. Man. Hangman is injured. What? I saw that. I didn't get a chance to look into it yet, so I didn't want to say anything. I didn't really think much of that, unless it, uh, I don't know, you guys are uh, claiming he's injured, man. I didn't really think much of what happened there. Uh, I don't I don't know. Is he swerving when he drives now? It, oh, my God. Don't stop that. <laughs> let, me check, let me check Sap and see if he said anything about it. Yeah. yeah, you go do that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us here on the AEW Dynamite Post. We are going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. I want to thank you guys for showing up. We had upwards towards uh, 2,000 in here on this Wednesday night. Usually the weakest night for streaming because AEW is ice fucking cold. It's not yeah. like where I draw 4,000 for a fucking Raw. And you guys want to know why I'm so hard on AEW. Get back on track. We all eat when it's good. Yeah. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Follow Jesse at Chi Town Smart. Go check out the rest of the content on the channel. There's plenty of it. There'll be more tomorrow, more this week. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got only 600 likes, man. Uh, it's like pulling fucking teeth with you guys, man. Can we get 700 likes? Hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up, man. It's free to do so. Super chats are open. Get them on in. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for notifications. Michael. Michael Krause. $5 Super Chat. Good evening, JD and Jesse. I hope you had a good birthday, Jesse. And JD, once again, thank you for being real. 100%. All of us in the OTS family, thank you. Thank you, Michael. I love Michael, man. Michael's always number one in the venue, man. He's always number one in line. Much appreciated, Michelle with it too. I feel like Sting and Darby will win at the pay-per-view. I don't think so. I think the Young Bucks are walking out as champions. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. FTR versus BCC match of the night. Sure. Hiru with a two. Nick Wayne went from being a prodigy to a geek. I don't know, man. He's standing next to Christian Cage. How much of a geek can he be? Nick Wayne is doing a fantastic job at what they're booking him to do. I mean, he's he's he's, he, he's, he's, 19, he's 19 years old. Yeah. I mean, really if he's learning from Christian. That's a good start. Not many people are uh, fortunate enough to say that. Yep. Uh, Krauser with a five. Oh, so they've paused the Lana storyline until they got Jennifer Peppermint in. Lashley, Lana, Rusev live all over again. Great. That was Vince, buddy. Wrestling is awesome with a $5 Super Chat. Mid as fuck dynamite. What else is new? 
But at least the venue is going to be popping. Keep rocking, JD. Uh, listen, man, it used to be popping on Wednesday. Not anymore, man. Not anymore. But hey, it's better than when Jesse and I covered Collision in front of uh, a thousand people. Yeah. That's why I stopped doing it. Nobody gives a fuck. Kevin H. with a $5 Super Chat. Just because of your taste in music, JD, is fire. Thank you, Kevin, for the $5 Super Chat. Appreciate it. Uh, Antonio Polato with a 22 months. Things promo was special to me. I also lost my father a few weeks ago. He was everything to me. I can't describe how important it was hearing Sting's words. Antonio, my thoughts and prayers to you, brother. Sorry to hear that. Uh, give me some prayer emojis in the chat from my guy Antonio Palato, 22-month VIP. Jason Bark with a five. Jennifer Pepperman, the one that was named in the Vince McMahon lawsuit of discrimination and retaliation, now head of AEW Production. Come on, TK. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That seemingly was swept under the rug. Wasn't that settled? I'm sure. Who knows? There's so many I can't keep count anymore. Zero Clark with a 499. Hey, OTS crew, did Jesse have any birthday twisted teas this weekend? Looking forward to this weekend. Should be interesting. I was sipping Buffalo Trace. Nice. Bro, those twisted teas are too sweet, man. You can't have too many of them. And they're not not potent. I mean, you have to drink a whole case of them to get like a light feel. I mean, it's not... Uh, beyond the script with the 499. Hey, JD, Jesse, I tried for Thunder Rosa, Jesse, for your birthday. You did get a shout out, though. Thumbs up emoji. OTS for life. Thank you, Beyond the Script. You tried for Appreciate Thunder Rosa, huh? Appreciate you, bro. Thunder Rosa still wants to kill me. Yeah, she don't like us very much. No. What are you like? Even though I gave her a fucking taco truck outside the beer garden, but, you know, who's counting? Told you to make it my truck. Now, we can change it. We can change Jeez. it. All right, so... Here's the deal with Hangman. He did something to his right ankle. Um, there are witnesses that saw him off the air, very noticeably limping and talking to Doc Sampson, but he was putting weight on it. So that is that is all of the report we have. No one else has an official report. He was talking to Doc Sampson after the show. He left the uh, no, the arena and the public while putting some weight on it with a very, very, very noticeable thing. All right. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Yeah. They cannot afford another injury. But not when he's Not when you got MJF out, Adam Cole out. Then you got uh, Kenny Omega out. I mean, holy shit. Doesn't matter who you bring in. This was a freak accident. He was coming down from the muscle, muscle buster and twisted his right ankle the wrong way. And he went out to the outside holding it. Like something terrible. Like he was trying to get a hold of Doc Samson. Like, get the fuck over here. It's destroyed. You know, it's all at work, pal. He looks fucked up, man. He looks fucked up. But maybe it's not as bad. Maybe it's just twisted. Maybe they get some ice on it. It'll be fine. Hopefully. Uh, Lewis with a 499. I I am hooked to your channel, bro. Got the gentleman Jack waiting for you at the cigar lounge. I got to look at my DMs, bro. I didn't look at my DMs yet. Uh, Billy, thank you for the 100 and 100, brother. We love you and appreciate you, Billy. Uh, Frank Morano with a 10. Seems to be some chatter that Hangman hurt his ankle on the muscle buster and told camera, get away, don't shoot me in the final moments of the match. Injury would be devastating at this point. I, I hope it's nothing serious. We'll yeah. monitor it as the day goes on, man, as the week goes on. Yeah. 
Uh, Lewis with a 199. Jesse is 22. I'm 54. I have Jordans older than him. <laughs> 22, bro. What can you say? Billy. Thank you, brother. Uh, Hollywood Eric with a 10 months. Hey, JD, Jesse, my 10-month anniversary was on the 3rd of this month. Celebrating tonight, I'm drinking a Jack and Coke with Jesse's tacos. That's what I'm talking about, bro. It's a good night. That's AJ with a 499. My guys, JD and Jesse, hope you guys are well. Dynamite was a good show. Revolution is looking great. And Elimination Chamber Saturday. Much love, guys. Yeah, man, we're going to close uh, February out strong. Thank you, AJ. Ricardo Linnell. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. With a $5 CJ. AEW will never eclipse WWE in the quality of its TV product until TK stops being a fan and starts seeing his TV product with more of a critical eye. Yeah? No one's trying to eclipse WWE, man. WWE should not even be a fucking worry in their minds. It's not the goal for anyone. Uh, basic with a four ninety nine. Do you think Mercedes is going to get heat due to the attention she is getting? Where is Britt? They may be waiting for Britt and her return because of Mercedes. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Mercedes is going to get heat because the weirdos on social media can't cope. Those people don't matter. They're irrelevant. She's got 7,000 people in that arena right now. They're selling very well with a couple weeks left to go. It's going to be a great turnout. It's not going to be punk first dance, but it's fine. The product was hot then. It's not hot now. It's not Mercedes' fault. Basic. Thank you, brother. Uh, Jamel Turney with a 499. Don't forget Miro was also a cuck to Ziggler and Lana. I think everybody. Well, I think you can tell when Vince is mad at you, bro. He'll make you a cuck in front of your damn woman on national television. Uh, Krauser with the $2 Super Chat. Ruby and Angelo, CJ, Miro, cucking opportunities. Yeah, a lot of cucking opportunities here. Uh, why reality sucks with a $2 super chat. He says, Cuckamania is running wild, brother. Since the classics. Oh, what happened? Is there a possibility of a legit romance brewing here for Ruby and Parker? Or are they. I thought Ruby was with somebody. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I don't know if they I actually. Don't know. None of my fucking business. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the faceless troll on social media will real will uh, figure that one out because they they love diving into people's personal lives like Probably weirdos and sickos. But giving them fifty five grand. To... <laughs> Imagine that fifty five grand to Mandy Rose. Really? Without For what? touching a single boob. Nothing. For what? To a married woman, you do realize Man. she's married to Tino Sabatelli, right? Who's on that podcast laughing along yes. with everyone else? <laughs> he's like, he's like, ha ha, man! I know my wife is smoking hot. Thanks yes. for the fucking down payment on her one hundred and fifty thousand dollar vehicle. My God! Holy shit! What a fucking degenerate, man! Could have given that to a homeless shelter, Anything. an animal shelter. Go buy yourself a new fucking car. Down payment on a house. Go now on look, vacation. Man. Go now buy look. yourself a fucking wife. Now, now, look, I'm assuming this guy's well off, whoever this person Gotta be. is. Great. Okay, fine. Now, give your favorite, you know, uh, you know, streamer or whatever some money. Give Mandy a thousand bucks, bro. Yeah. It's fine. It's cool. 55K? 55K? 55K, bro. Show your appreciation for Mandy. Give her a nice little, give her a stack, you know, 
and use $54,000 to something of good. You, you, you do realize that she probably will never recognize you in public, and she probably laughs at you in the, the privacy of her own home while her husband has her bent over the bed doing his business. You do realize just, that, right? Just laying absolute pipe. Now, if you but saw me, her in public... I want you if, to love me! If you saw her in public... And then you went to her and said, hey, I'm the guy that donated 55 grand. You know what she would do? Have her security team place themselves between you and her. Because clearly you're a psycho. But Mandy, I googled it. <laughs> My right. God, man, the simping out here is real, bro. Holy shit. No, bro. There is no amount of money that I would have paid. Now, Mandy. is that, is that constituted the, as a cucking, bro? No. No. There's no amount of money I would have paid her, even if I knew she would be touching me. I could have her for the whole night. Bro, you can go to a legal brothel, legal, legal in Nevada, and spend 55 grand and had every damn woman in the brothel all night to yourself. All of them. This fucking guy, man, 55 large. While he's Googling it, Tino's fucking it, man. Get the fuck Ooh. out of here. Holy shit, man. You guys are fucking sad. Seriously, man. That guy's living a lonely life right now with all his money. Ooh. Anyway. Whoever this channel, he may be watching the show, man. I'm sorry. Good. Take your 55 grand and go to the Bunny House Ranch and get you some... Dude, you probably find a woman there just as good looking as Mandy Rose, probably. Who will take your money and make your life like heaven for the rest of that night, man. Uh, why reality sucks. Thank you, brother. Sinister, thank you for 16 months. A Watson with 21 months. What's up, OTS Club? Love the channel. Love you guys. JD Jesse, you're the best podcast in the IWC. Keep it up, brothers. Thank you, a Watson. Uh, theme parks and things with Johnny, 16 months. Tony Khan, if you see this, please hire Jesse and JD to take over creative. Tony Khan is not hiring me. No. <laughs> Tony Khan doesn't even like talking to me anymore. No. He doesn't like he doesn't like my tweets anymore, man. I, he's he's, he's he realized that this guy he does. Say again. He gets shit whenever he does. Whatever. From the public, man. He, he people are people are weird in social media. Clone Force with a 499. I dislike my manager because they are not okay with the day that I'm not available to work anymore and they don't support it. And it's all BI help out my grandma. Well, go, I mean, fuck that guy and go help your grandma. Yeah. Seriously. You only got one grandma. Clone Force with a 199. Thanks, JD, for always being funny. The best in the IWC. Thank you, man. I try and be funny. Uh, Michael Bertoni with a five dollar super chat. I hope all is well, JD. Me and my wife are sending my love and support to you and the LTS family. Also, I sent you a DM on X. Thank you for all you do, Michael. I got to check it out. I got to check out Lewis's DM too. Uh, AJ with a one ninety nine. Go Google it. Love you guys. Thank you, AJ. J Ray with a ten dollar super chat from the words of the Celtic warrior himself, Seamus. If you want story, then go watch a soap opera. AEW has always been pro wrestling, not sports entertainment. AEW will return to its glory days. AEW needs to tell a fucking story. Not this mid-ass fucking week-to-week -week angle shit where there's no story involved, but the AEW fans are too stupid to realize it's more of an angle and not a story. AEW Mark, 26 months. SRS said Jennifer was there tonight and did both women's matches. Oh, yeah? 
Well, we're off to a fucking terrible start. If Madison Rain put in that performance. Why would Jennifer be booking matches, though? I thought she was a creative writer. Why would she be booking a match? Why would she say, I want to see Madison Rain versus Deanna Peraza? I don't that's know. That's not what she would. That's not her job. She doesn't book matches. She writes the story that leads into these matches. Also, also, I will be going to New Japan Resurgence, California. Hope Mercedes is there. Mercedes will not be there. J and Joe's World 999. That Sting promo was so deep. Do you guys think Sting will play a part in AEW? No, I think he's done. He's going home. Michael Krause with it, too. Thank you for the compliment, JD. You are the best. Thank you, Michael. Love having you, brother. Will with a $5 Superjet. I thought after C2JY would have a bigger story after that. Now he's in a comedy faction. Yeah. Awful. Jamel. JD, do you listen? Is going to go home? He's going home, yeah. Yeah. Jamel Turney with a 199. JD, do you listen to Motionless in White? No, it sounds like a female uh, emo horrible band. Motionless in White? Sounds like uh, something the, the, the fucking fat slob on the train with the pink hair is going to be listening to. No. Cal uh, L with a $5 Super Jack. Damn you, JD. I can't stop listening to Andy James. I hate you. With love, bro. LOL. Happy birthday, Jesse. Mustangs rule. Google it. Thank you, brother. Andy James is a phenomenal guitar player. It's not my favorite, though. Michael Romeo is my favorite. Symphony you X. that video I sent you of the Mustangs? Yeah. I, I like will not be doing that with mine. I mean, but you don't, you're not going to take yours to the track? No. Nah. You got to take it to the track. You got tracks out there? No, I got I to gotta pick up uh, the, the hot broads that uh, are, are in town when I drive by to go pick up my Starbucks coffee. Yeah, nice track. So, <laughs> you get? Do you guys have a uh, 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 free race? Not free racing, but like um, open racetracks to go to out there. I'm sure there are. I don't look at them. Not my, uh, not my cup of coffee, man. It's not. It's not in my wheelhouse. It should be now. You, you now have the tools to put yeah. it in your wheelhouse. Ah, uh, thank you, brother. Willie Martin with a 31 months. How would y'all feel about Wardlow being in a championship match for a storyline like Randy Orton when he was in? And left evolution. No. No. Now, we, we've been there, done that, man. That, that boat has passed. That, that ship has sailed for uh, Wardlow. Maybe maybe they do it. Maybe Adam Cole turns on him like uh, they turned on uh, Randy Orton. Yeah. I don't know. Or turned on Batista. Whichever. Anyway, Look, man, guys. Take your car to the, to the track. Get a good run in. Sure. Put your time slip. Sure. Put your time slip somewhere. Guys, thank you so much for being here, man. Uh, had a fun time. Usually have a fun time on Wednesday nights. Thank you guys very much for all your support. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smark on X. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. I'll be back with more tomorrow. Continue to hit that thumbs up. And please hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. I don't know what content I'll have tomorrow. But uh, we'll figure it out, man. John Cena's in the news. Randy Orton's in the news. We got chamber predictions to possibly talk about. We're going to end the month strong here on Off the Scripts. The John Wick of Spider Hunters, Nate TV, says, Jay, did you hear about Minoru Suzuki wrestling Maki Ito? Also, do you have a WWE YouTuber dream match? Uh, no and no. Fuck the rest of the community. And if it don't happen in America, I don't give a shit. Uh, Nate, thank you. Guys, I will see you all. Tomorrow, right back here on Off The Script, man. Yeah, I'm a negative asshole. Deal with it. I'll see you guys later.
Mm-hmm. <laughs>